There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, wonderful to be back with you again. And I've got another great guest. We're going to talk about Survive to Thrive today with Paul Davis. Uh, on last week's show, we have Molly Harvey. If you've not listened to that show, uh, then do go into the archive and take a take a listen. Molly was just the most insightful, thought-provoking, engaging, deep uh, you know, guest. I love people where well, we can have a really heartfelt honest conversation with uh, and uh, just just check it out check the topic out and see if it interests you because um it was a real real cracker last week uh, and uh, we've had some great feedback so really excited to uh, to go back and uh, let you have the opportunity to listen to that if you can so we're going to talk about surviving to thrive and i don't know about you but what i've certainly noticed in this world today is that you know this topic of mental health and our well-being has just become so huge you know, post the pandemic uh, in a world today which is going through enormous amounts of change. And I think it's something we all have to do. We all have to be mindful during our lives to look after our mental health. And you know, like myself, perhaps you've had moments over the last few years when you've realized that you needed to really take care of yourself. You know, For me, I know it's important to get out there and take a walk in the morning with the dog and uh, to you know, do a little bit of meditation and to uh, read positive content and get some exercise and utilize, um, get myself in a good energetic shape. Um, otherwise, you can start to feel low and down, and you, that can impact your ability to function and uh, and the results that you have in life. Maintaining and building great mental health for, for for most of us, it's not something that comes natural to most people. It's something that is actually a lifelong pursuit. My guest, Paul William Davis, is a renowned business growth consultant. He's a speaker. He's a personal advisor. And he's got a real passion for empowering professionals worldwide to unearth their unique genius and lead their field. He's a creator of the Genius Code and is a three times best-selling author. He's often hailed by his clients as a lifesaver, quite literally. And I can understand this. Um, as I was just so moved when I spoke to him and we planned this show to discover more about his significant personal battles and his confrontation with his own and, and attention upon his own mental well-being. And I really did enjoy his honesty and his integrity. And I decided that Paul was one of life's good guys. And uh, not everybody gets into my uh, my good guys file, but Paul certainly did. He's someone we should carefully listen to and learn from. So we're going to talk about his own experiences and also his recommendations on moving from surviving to thriving. He's a super brave guy. He's um, he's the only person I've met actually who's done a biplane wing walk. So I think that deserves attention in my in my opinion. Um, so if you're trying to get on the front foot, if you know anybody who's trying to get on the front foot with their mental health, if uh, you're helping anybody to get on the front foot with their mental health, uh, do listen in to this interview. And do share it and let people know about it because it's important. This might be a lifesaver for somebody that you know. 
sent a big welcome to poor William Davis. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm thrilled to be here and delighted to see where this conversation is going to go. Um, I'm open for whatever questions you have, and then let's let, let's see where it goes. Let's Trust see. Where you have it. Yeah. Well, Paul, let's start. Could you tell us a little bit about home? And I know you've got a, a lovely family. Um, where where do you live? You've got a fantastic accent. Maybe <laughs> gives a clue. Uh, tell us a little bit about you know yourself and what life's like for you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm born and raised in Dublin, in Ireland. Uh, so people can probably gather from the accent; it's slightly different. Um, I am one of um, seven brothers, uh, that's who I grew up with, and I'm married to, my wife is Dymphna, and we're actually married 32 years this year, and we have two sons, two other boys, which are 28 and 26, um, so we're all still living together, <laughs> so with the, with the property market the way it is in Ireland, um, look at, I, I love them to bits, They're, it trails me around, um, I get so much joy and humor from from the being around so it's it's phenomenal and over the over the pandemic we added another new person or new new body to to, to our family home which we rescued a um she's a mix between a german shepherd and a collie so she's quite large i caught her a, a mini a mini horse and her name is mocha and um she's now the the new ruler of the house that's what that way Oh, fantastic! Yeah, she's taken over. I've got one like that at home as well. She's uh, she's taken over, and uh, <laughs> find there's not space any many space for me on the bed quite often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first one we were very good at making sure that uh, he 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 stayed downstairs. Um, but this one we've I don't know why it's uh, with our kids growing up a little bit more. We've been a bit softer with this one from a pop. Yeah. Yeah. she's now uh, a bit more the boss <laughs> exactly yeah when you see those when you see those eyes you, you you can't you can't refuse her you know no and do you find actually do you find a dog's good for mental health um i i think actually do you know what um so we 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 adopted her when it was during covid and everything was locked down and it was huge mainly for the boys because it actually gave them something to um, to play with, to look after, to be responsible for, and so on. So it gave him a distraction of what was actually going on from a, a COVID perspective. Um, so is, is is a pet good from a, a mental health perspective? Yeah, I, I, th- I think there's huge huge amount of benefits from from having a pet. Um, but you get, uh, I, I don't have any other pets. The only other pet that I had was was a budgie. So I can't really compare um, compared to dogs or horses. Horses, I, I've done horse riding. They're hugely intuitive. Um, dogs, I think, have an amazing compassion and affection to to give human beings, and and they really are just just phenomenal. So when you're when you're having a bad day, they know you're having a bad day, and there's nothing better, quite honestly, um, to to literally be be petting a pet uh, when you're having a bad day because literally all they all they know is unconditional love, and that's what everybody wants. They're always pleased to see you, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose it was a little time for me that I remember with my my children when they were very very young that they were always pleased to see me too. But uh, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't last forever, does it? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so you had you had twenty year old boys in the twenties then in your house too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they're all working from home. They're so, all working from home. Um, one of them is um, so they have to, they, they work from home part time as well. So one of them is mainly full time. He goes into the office one one day a week. Whereas the other guy goes into the office four days a week and he's working from home one day. So um, it's, yeah, it's a very, very different environment. We So our, our home turned into an office 
Um, and um, unfortunately, my wife turned into um, she, she's a homemaker anyway, but she was the one that literally fed and watered us throughout our, throughout our day while while yeah. we were all working. Um, so we 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 owe a debt of gratitude, honestly, to to, to my wife uh, for that. But it's it's um, it's been let's put it this way: I, I I can see how it can be challenging for an awful lot of people that have had to are being forced to work from home when, especially if when they don't have facilities, like if you're in an apartment or that kind of thing. Thankfully, you know, we, we, we've a large house, we've a large um, garden area and so on. So at least it was, we, we had the room to work from home and we're, we're hugely grateful from that perspective. Um, so it's, it, you know, was, was COVID challenging? I think it's been challenging for everybody, but we, we made damn sure we made the mo- most of it. Um, from my perspective, I just, I just put my head down and and because I knew it was going to be challenging for a lot of business owners, um, so I I started a lot of activities in order to help as many business owners as possible through from a virtual perspective in order to get them through COVID. Um, so that that's that's what I was focused on. Um, but so it's 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 been good in a lot of respects. Um, I had you know personally have to say. Um, in relation to, to going through COVID and its challenges. Mm. So you'd mentioned there about being one of seven. Mm. There's, there's something actually quite special, quite unusual about you. You know, it's a little bit more than just one from seven. <laughs> tell, tell us tell us about that, because I think uh, you're certainly, we've, I think you're my 521st show, and uh, I've not met anybody else with, who has this particular uh, background to you? So tell us, tell us a little bit more. Sure. Um, so let me add to the seven. Um, I'm the seventh son of a seventh of a seventh. So I'm three generations. And when you're born in Ireland um, and you're born the seventh son of a seventh, and people can look this up, it has a lot of folklore and a lot of Celtic tradition. And there's a little test that people can do um, to see whether you've got the gift. And that, that's literally what it's referred to as. So um, being a seventh son of a seventh, I, I have the gift. It's a gift of healing. Um, and when I was a kid growing up, I would have people going to me into, my, in, into the house and I would do a healing for them. So they could become with, with cancer, rheumatism, migraines, you name it, it'd be all different illnesses. Um, so to come for a healing and and I'd I'd bless them and give them a healing from from that side of things. But as it kind of um transpired throughout the rest of my life, um I understood more of being the seventh son of a seventh of a seventh, and also what it gave me, which was a huge um a heightened sense of intuitive and being an empathic as well. So everybody is intuitive. Um I just happen to have a, a heightened sense of intuitive ability and an empathic side of things. So growing up, growing up as a teenager was, was quite challenging um, into adulthood and trying to understand, um, to, to explain from an intuitive perspective, to understand the the insights and the knowings and the imagery that I would get for people that I would be around or having conversations with, um, as well as picking up a much deeper level of feeling with, with an individual. That's the empathic side. Um, so, um, but yeah, so th- that, that's literally how, how I grew up and what's somewhat different. What's, what's really weird because I, I could never really understand this as, as a child 
Um, so I was born, um, as I said, I was born a seventh son of a seventh of a seventh. Um, but I was born on the 24th of March, 1968. And there were seven siblings in, in our house, but I always also had a younger brother. Um, and I couldn't really make this one out. But it wasn't until later on um, that it was explained to me that uh, there was actually another son born. And that's hence the reason I became the seventh son. But when I was in my 30s and I then started to research about my previous sibling and that was he he, he died at birth. And um, when I went to find his grave, um, his birth, as, uh, as in his birth and his date of death, was the, the 24th of March, 1961. So it was exactly the same birthday as mine, but just happened to be seven years before me. Um, so that kind of just puts an added twist to me being the seventh son of a seventh and, and how the number seven um, is is quite significant tr- throughout my whole life. Um, so, I mean, it just seems a very unusual, I mean, the probability of it is... Uh, Pretty rare. <laughs> pretty rare. So, so did yeah. you say you're the seventh son of a seventh son of a seventh? I've, I'm the seventh son of a seventh child of a seventh child. Yeah. Seventh so child. My mom, seventh. Was, my mom was the seventh. And then um, her uh, her dad was the seventh. Her dad was the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Um, so so how did you, um, I'm just I'm intrigued this, you know, this healing that you mentioned and mm. this intuition, how did you discover it? The healing side, so again, because of the, the Celtic tradition and the Irish folklore, so my both my parents were from the country. So my dad was from County Kerry, my mum was from County Sligo, and it would be well known in the, um, t- 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 you know, okay, so for people to know, that, that's considered a country. So it's where it's agricultural. Um, and people in agriculture would know about the seventh son of the seventh. Um, and typically... It starts off whereby you're you're brought to to animals to heal. That's literally where it originated from. Um, and then what people discovered over generations was that people could actually heal other people. Um, and there's no end of literature and books and different people. There, so there are many other people that are the seventh son of a seventh in, in Ireland and they have a healing gift. Um, so my parents already knew that b- before I was born. Um, mum never had a had a had a daughter. We we were all we were all boys, and even 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 um, growing up, my mum would always joke by saying, "Yeah, and even the dog is male." Um, so there, there there are no females in our house whatsoever. So we I grew up, or my my parents knew. Okay, so he has the gift, and there's a test you can do to see whether you have the gift, and uh, which which was done on me. And so with that knowledge, that's how people began to know oh he's the seventh son of a seven so that's that's where people used to then gather today and even even when i went on vacation um people would come out of for one of the word they'd come out of the woodwork and i would do a healing for them um and it wasn't until it was never really explained to me as regards even what to do as a healing and it was just you know you're you're brought into for one of the word the good room um where you know that that's where visitors are brought into the house and that's where you do your healing and it's all it's all reverent it's all silent and all that kind of sort of things but it wasn't until much later on that i began to understand the intuitive and the empathic side and i only got to understand that because of other people that were intuitive and they'd meet me and immediately they would pick up how powerful i was from a an intuitive and a, and a gifted side of things 
Um, and from there on, then I started to research a little bit more about it um, to, to get a much deeper understanding of, okay, so what does what does this mean? And what the information that I was getting for people, what what does all that information mean that, that I was getting? Um, and roll forward into my, my business career. I, I'm 22 years now in business. Um, I've used that side quite significantly in going into companies and turning them around. And that, that's where I use the intuitive side. Mm. Amazing. I, I, I just find this this sort of conversation fascinating. I, I have, I'm having interviewed so many people over the years. Um, some of the people who are particularly successful finding out that they've got gifts in different ways and uh, out-of-body experiences is, is one. I was talking to someone amazing, well-known individual. I had no idea, you know, they, they'd experienced uh, those kinds of things, um, you know, in, intuitive gut feel and just, just various other, mm. uh, which, which I, I feel the intuition a lot myself. Um, I sense things a lot. I've always sensed people at energy yeah. uh, uh, a lot and, um, but it's just it's just fascinating how many people it's it's almost as though you know there's this is some scene world isn't there and there's the, there's a physical and non-physical world and so yeah. some places they meet they do and, and and thankfully science is now very very close to actually um demonstrating the metaphysical side um and, and showing it and proving it so it's it's already the the we're, we're beginning to cross paths right now at the moment yeah and people are interested there's three interviews in the archive with tom campbell who's a was a NASA physicist and also uh, forty years of studies consciousness. So that's a really interesting one. If you're if you're interested in that kind of thing, so um, you've also Paul, you've experienced, you know, being a, a seventh son of a seventh son of a, you uh, you've not it ha- and you've got these you have these gifts. However, you've also experienced some pretty torrid times personally, some pretty <laughs> low points as well as highs. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Because people understand then why we're talking about survive to thrive. Yeah, um, I suppose. Okay, gr- growing up, I, I, I have to say, I knew no different. I, I, I knew no different. For me, it was just normal, and I just assumed everybody felt and had the same kind of similar thoughts as as what I had. <clears throat> so where I would have attempted, or planned, or contemplated regularly checking out of life that was that was my norm so from from like the, the earliest memory that i have is at the age of 10 um which that, that was my first for one bit were um, feeble attempt at, at a plan to, to exit this life um so from from my earliest memories age 10 right throughout the whole of my life um up to a particular point was when i would have regularly planned attempted or contemplated and um ruminated about exiting this life which what we call a suicide um and that, that was you know, that was literally it was it was just part of who i was and part of that was down to the the empathic side in relation to what i was picking up from other people and those deep feelings that you're you, you that, that I, I i'm able to pick up from people that that's one side but I was able to give information to people that would help them achieve achieve huge levels of success, would put them on for one, which, which of what I now know is what the right path is or what their purpose is. Um, I'd get a huge amount of information and I would have amazing, amazing conversations with people. And for one better word, 
the downloads and the information and the insights and the imagery that I would receive, I'd pass them on to, to people, clients and, and people I'd come across. And invariably, I would come away from those amazing, amazing, amazing conversations. And I'd be sitting in my car or sitting in my office and say, do you know what? I would just wish if somebody could tell me the same information that I desire about my life as much as what I'm able to tell my clients. And that never happened. So that was part of the reason why I kind of, for one of it, wanted to check out of life. Um, and it wasn't until 2011 when my first brother passed away. And that was, uh, so it was very, very sudden. Um, he rang me um, that evening um, and asked me, could could I drop him into hospital, uh, which I did. And picked him up from, from where he was living, dropped him into the hospital. And just as he was going into the emergency department, he said, look, you know, you go home to your, your wife and kids. And he said, I'll be fine. And I said, yeah, okay. Um, but I just had this sixth sense of not everything was right. So I, uh, I and I never, I never had done this prior to that fateful day. Um, I would always switch off my mobile phone, always in the evening time. It was my way of, of my own mental fitness and looking after myself. I would switch off my mobile phone and just be completely disconnected. Um, but I that night, I didn't switch off the phone and I got a call to say, could I come back into the hospital? Which I did, um, immediately jumped out and in, into the hospital and cut a long story short, um, they, Eugene was in surgery. They couldn't stem the bleeding. They had given them, I, I think, a, a, just off the top of my head, I think it was three units of blood or four units of blood. They couldn't stem the bleeding um, and he bled out. And um, the doctor basically said, um, he's only got about an hour or two hours to live. Um, so they brought him back out into an area which I, I was beside him with. And, and I won't go through the, the detail of, of the last moments that I had with him. Um, but it wasn't until maybe the weeks or the months that followed that in particular instance where, so Eugene passed away. He was 53 and I was 43 at the time. So there's a 10 year gap between the two of us. And in the months that followed that, um, I came to the realization of there was he desperately trying to hang on to life, whereas my thoughts were consumed with wanting to check out of life. Mm. And that realization was huge from the perspective. Actually, you know what? I need to do as much research as I possibly can to find out how can I solve the uh, the thoughts of suicide ideation, the thoughts of depression, those feelings. And because everything that I tried up to until then between talk therapy medication, um, exercise, diet, all the kind of, sort of things didn't work. They didn't work for me. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't help. It does, but it didn't solve the underlying issues for me. And that's where I, I had to do my own research. Um, and from there on, I also had to develop my own methodology to uh, where I was able to put people on the right track, which what we call your life purpose. And um, I didn't call it back then at the time. Um, I had to develop a methodology for myself to prove and show people that this was their absolute divine path that they were to follow um, based on the evidence that was in their life. And from that then, that's literally the work that I've been doing for um, quite, a, quite a number of years now at this stage. So, so that's, you, you have you have some gifts. So you made the gifts of healing and in, intuition, yet the 
the, the, you know that's quite at odds so you've got you've got some gifts to bring into this world that can help people but actually you wanted to check out there's a dissonance there there's a it is yeah but it's actually it, quite quite um it's amazing how this universe works because in order to learn what you need to do in order to serve other people there's challenges that you've got to go through in order to actually know that learning yeah. so if i didn't go through the suicide and the depression and all that kind of things i wouldn't be doing the work i'm doing yeah so how we've got, just got three minutes to commercial break now how if, if you come across a client who is feeling feeling depressed feeling suicidal how do you how do you view that because um talking about going and getting getting out in, in nature and going for a walk clearly isn't going to do no, so how how do you how do you perceive depression now in, uh, in yeah in an umbrella term uh, it's it's feedback and, and what i do when i'm meeting my clients from that perspective is i explain my own definition of depression and what causes it and what what it's really trying to tell and when they understand that and see that they now have a new brand new perspective on on what's happening for them how they're feeling and now we have a methodology in order to um i won't say recover but in, in order to uh to deal with the depression and suicide thoughts to get to a point whereby absolutely you love life get to that point so how would you so how was what is your definition of depression then um Depression is caused by an underlying childhood trauma yeah. or traumas that haven't been neutralized. Yeah. So that's one element. Depression then is triggered by an event or a culmination or of a series of events that increases a person's feelings of fear, shame, and guilt. Yeah. But it's also an individual that is attached to a particular outcome. But ultimately, what people need to know is depression, suicide ideation, it's feedback telling the person to deal with either unresolved issues, meaning the traumas in their childhood, out of balance thinking, which is, you know, expecting a, a positive, pleasurable life without any pain, yeah. um, or the unexpected, unconscious desires, which again is your life purpose, or not having meaning or fulfillment in your life, which again is life purpose. And they're all the elements that I, I, I work with people, clients on. Yeah. That's pretty, um... yeah, that's pretty, there's a lot to unpack there for people. Yeah. It's, it's, let me say, so I'm not saying it doesn't. Not, so the normal, when people is, is, is presented with, with, with depression or suicide ideation, first of all, they're, they're typically given SSRIs or, or, or tablets medication. Okay. That, that's one thing. But all that's doing is suppressing. And I'm not saying, and I don't want listeners taking my advice saying, okay, I'm going to jump off my tablets. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but, it, it's not dealing with the underlying issue as regards what's causing it. Yeah. So doing, you know, fitness from a perspective of physical fitness, mental fitness, um, self-care, um, meditation, exercise, diet, all of those things will, will help and support, but it still doesn't deal with the underlying issues. And so when you understand depression, suicidation from that perspective, you know, the, the last thing, you know, if, if somebody's depressed and, and feeling suicidal, the last thing they want to do that's in their mind is going for a long, brisk walk and having, you know, a healthy meal. All they want to do is just sit in their bed and, you know, either have a bottle of wine or a bar of chocolate. 
because that's all they want. They, they just want comfort. Um, so you, you've got to deal with the underlying issues. Um, yeah. And what's going to be happening over the next while, and this is my own prediction based on, not from an intuitive perspective, but more on the science that I discovered when doing the research into depression, suicide, ideation. Give, again, let's go back to, to my initial statement. It's It's caused by an underlying childhood traumas. Let's go back over the last 10 or even 15 years and let's look at all the different traumas that will have impacted children over the last 10 or 15 years. So you had the recession, you've had the pandemic recently, you've had um, divorce and separation um, increase significantly, you've had domestic violence increase significantly, you've had financial breakdowns increase significantly. All of those are traumas. Now, again, if you go back to the research, there's a score called the ACE score, which is stands for Adverse Childhood Experience. An adverse childhood experience can be as simple as the child was moved to school or there was a, a death of a sibling or a parent or one of the parents was incarcerated or there was an illness within the family. So it, 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 a trauma can be any and all of small and big as what people might perceive. But the culmination of all of those, if they haven't been neutralized, well, then later on in life, 10 to 15 years later, is when it materializes by way of either an addiction or, or depression. An addiction meaning alcohol, drugs, sex, um, pornography, all, all of those are addictions and, and there's many, many more addictions. So it will literally manifest as an addiction or it will manifest as depression and suicide. Okay, thank you. Thank you uh, for that um, excellent, excellent, uh, exceptional explanation there. That was great. Um, really, really helpful. Uh, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break. After the commercial break, we'll start to have a think about what can we do with this? How can we help people? Um, and maybe talk a little bit about your genius code and perhaps some of the steps in any time I imagine. So we'll be back again with you all in just a couple of minutes. Uh, do join us again for what is a really really important conversation. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Join Humanity Evolve for an awe-inspiring glimpse into the future where we explore the intersection of AI, humanity, and industries from healthcare to climate change. Discover the latest trends and innovations that are revolutionizing the world and learn how to thrive in the new era of technology. Our dynamic and engaging conversations with global leaders and experts will leave you inspired and empowered to create a positive future for yourself, your family, and your community. Get ready to unlock your potential and elevate your performance as we dive deep into the cutting-edge topics that are shaping our world. 
Don't miss out on this transformative journey to create a better world. Weekly episodes available on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You were tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Paul William Davis, and we've been talking about going from surviving to thriving. And Paul, you gave us a, you know, a really excellent definition there and of depression and you know and it's an important distinction there with regards to um uh, you know it being about a, you know a childhood or earlier trauma and we have to we have to deal with that and unpack it before we can move forward but um just t- tell us um you know is, around that it, what else do we need to know what else is important when it comes to yeah okay so let's let's look at some of the elements that um i would come across quite regularly and and, and co- within companies i i would see this quite a lot and there's been a lot in the media over the last few years um so we, we've we've all heard or hopefully we've all heard about the great resignation that took place over the pandemic yeah. years that, yeah. that's one thing we've heard of the quiet quitting is what's referred to as um recently there was even a, a report by deloitte that said that um, some like four, four out of ten employees were seeking purpose and meaning in, in in their in their employment. So it's it's in the media and it's in real life in terms of people um, wanting more purpose and meaning in their life. And what happens, unfortunately, is that when people seek out and try and find, okay, so what is actually going to give me purpose and meaning? What is the meaning of life in the first place? And what is my own life purpose? What they'll find is um, they'll go online or they read different books or they'll attend different courses or classes and all that kind of things. And the first thing that people will be told is, well, find your passions. Um, but hi, here, here's where passions are, are incorrect. Passions have nothing whatsoever got to do with your purpose. And second of all, passions are transient. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned that I I did a biplane wing walk. Um, so strapping yourself to the top of an airplane um, and going up to 4,000 feet and doing aerobatics in the air. Um, it's one of my passions. It's not whatsoever got to do with my purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> to just make the distinction. So passions are transient. And if you go back to the origin of passion, it, it's, the, it's the Latin word pathy, which is to suffer. Um, the next thing people will, will find is that um, they'll come across, well, find your why. And if you find your why, well, then that, that's going to give you a, a sense of meaning and purpose in your life. Um, but the difficulty with that is that people try and work out their why using their conscious thinking. And every single element, hence the reason because I've, I've been intuitive, every single element to do with your life purpose comes from your unconscious, not your conscious thinking. Yeah. So can you create your purpose? Yes, you can, but that's created consciously, but it's not your true purpose. Never, ever, ever is your true purpose. Um, and second of all, when people are trying to find out their why based on what they're currently doing but what they're currently doing may not be what they should be doing in the first place it's going to be the wrong why and i'm going to say 
I, I, I never like absolutes, but so I will say 99.9% of the people that come to me and some of them may think that they know what their purpose is, but 99%, 99.9% of the time they're, they're incorrect. So it's, it's never the true, true purpose. So finding your why is, is not going to be the right um, inspiration for, for, for an individual. And um, people will come across Ikigai and, and for people to understand Ikigai, it's, it's, um, a number of circles that are all interconnected and it goes on the premise of, you know, what is it that you love doing? What does the world need? What can you be financially rewarded for? And so on, so on, so on. And the center of that is this Japanese concept of it, it's what's going to give you fulfillment. But people find a difficulty. First of all, it's they're, they apply their passions to what is that they love doing. So that's incorrect anyway. And second of all, they're trying to find, okay, what specifically is there to, what they're to do, which is their mission? What does the world need? So they never find the right answers by doing Ikigai. So ultimately, and people do astrology, people find out what their values are. There's no end of different tools that are out there in order to help people find what their life purpose is. But every single one of them, from my perspective, um, and again, knowing the insights and, and, and images that we get from people and the information that we get from people has never been correct, never. And every single client that I've brought through my own methodology based on the intuitive side that I've developed, um, what they'll always say, every single one of them, is that they've searched for 10, 20 years to try and find out what, what their purpose is. Um, but the level of clarity and certainty that they have as a result of going through the methodology, they know deeply and it resonates deeply with them that it's their life purpose. So yeah. it's very, very specific. So, and that's where, you know, you've, you've got your own, but ultimately you've got your own conscious life purpose, which is your blueprint, which is your soul contract of what you're here to fulfill. So when, when you know that now, you know what, what your life purpose is. And from my perspective, just four elements that make up your life purpose, which is part of um, what, what I call genius unlocked or which is again, ultimately part of the genius code. What are those four elements? Can you share, you share those? Yeah. So, so the four elements are made of, first of all, there's your genius drivers. So your genius drivers is what is actually going to give you fulfillment. So it's what you are innately driven to fulfill. But also by knowing your genius drivers, you're activating the executive center in your brain, which from a scientific perspective, your executive centers are in the prefrontal cortex. It's just behind your forehead. And its function is to get you from A to Z as quickly and as easily as possible. So its its role is objectivity, planning, creativity, innovation. That, that's what it does. But most people aren't actually operating from the executive center part of the brain. So the genius drivers actually activate your genius, but ultimately it gives you fulfillment. So that's your genius drivers. So that's the fulfillment piece. The next piece is what I call your genius quest. Now the definition of a quest is a long and arduous journey to seek something. So your genius quest, every single individual has a unique quest to fulfill. It's a void that they are here to fill. And again, that's where you get fulfillment from. But it's a quest that stays with you throughout your whole life. And it's because uh, a common question I get asked is, well, does your purpose change throughout your life? And it doesn't. You, you have a soul contract. You come into this life. You have to fulfill that purpose. And then you exit. That, that, that's what you're here to do. Um, so that's your genius quest. The next thing then is what I call your genius inspiration. Now, your genius inspiration, if you, again, you look up the word, the origin of the word inspiration is the inspirare, the Latin word inspirare, which is divine guidance. Now, everybody will know moments in their life 
where they have been inspired because they have an overwhelming emotional response to what they're being inspired. It could be a piece of art that they've been looking at. It could be a play that they've watched. It could be even a sound, you know, a music that they've been listening to. Everybody will be able to find moments in their life where they have literally been overwhelmed with an ins- with awe, with inspiration. That's inspiration. It's it's emphatic. You you can't you can't question it whatsoever, and you can't control it because it happens spontaneously. So what we find is we find the inspiration, but your genius inspiration is always connected with your genius quest. The two of them go hand in hand. Your genius inspiration is what gives you the motivation to fulfill your quest. And then lastly, there's your genius role. Now, out of all the clients that have worked with over the years, I've identified 10 different genius roles. And an individual will play one of those roles unconsciously. But what happens when people go through their career or their business is they have to wear multiple hats. So what happens is they're now not they're now playing a role that's not really their unconscious genius role. Yeah. So what we do is we identify what's their genius role. And every single one of those four elements that I spoke about, your genius drivers, your genius quest, your genius inspiration, your genius role are all interconnected. They all serve each other. And it's phenomenal. It's it's I'm always in awe of the absolute perfection of this universe, of how it actually works all together and how an individual um, goes through particular elements in their life in order to do the work that they're to, here to do. So every single individual has a unique life purpose. And is, is a genius role like an archetype? Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And what happens is with, with the archetype, with all archetypes, you've got a shadow side, what I call the shadow side and frustration point. So, and it's that shadow side that ca- can cause um, self-sabotage. Yeah. 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 So is, um, is one, so what, you, what you're saying is, uh, I think from that explanation around depression, is that people people are meant to go on this journey, on this quest, but they've got to, they've got to discover the, the true purpose so you, and, well, so, you, you, um, you, okay let me let me I'm not <laughs> say correct it but you can you, correct you, you find individuals you'll find individuals that will they'll intuitively know what their life purpose is and they've been living their life purpose from a very very young age however the vast majority of people um that's beaten out of them what i mean by that is that They've been told by their parents or society or family, no, that's not what you should do. You should do something else. And therefore, the path that they were on has been altered by somebody else within their life. Mm. So you will have some individuals that would literally have been on their life purpose from a very, very young age right through their whole life. Whereas you'll get people that have gone through a career or a business because it follows in the parents' footsteps. Or it's what they've been told to do either by school or a careers guidance teacher or whatever it might be. There's multiple different reasons as regards why people will go into a particular career. But lo and behold, and this is where depression definition comes into play, at particular milestones in their life, when something is triggered, it will literally, it's a feedback. And this is where I want people to really understand. Depression is feedback in part for where you haven't resolved particular issues in the past or where you're not living your full true purpose. Yeah. And yeah. that's where you'll have people have those moments in life saying, you know, it could be it could be any event. It could be where, you know, they're they're, they're burying somebody that they love or they've had a, a, an illness or a sickness or something. And they're they're sitting back reflecting their own personal time and saying, you know what, there has to be more to life than than what I'm currently doing. And that's their impetus to say, actually, OK, what is my life purpose? What am I here to do? Mm. Mm. 
So I'll give a, I'll give a, so my, my, my youngest son has always said that he wants to be an architect and an artist. Yeah. Um, so that's quite, that's quite specific. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's, um, I think he will follow that through. My eldest son doesn't really know what he wants to do. Um, at his age, I didn't, um, but I kind of discovered along the way, I, I, I believe my purpose was to enable others to realize their true potential and that way contribute to a better world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I've been on this quest myself in, in that every conversation is about helping people to uh, contribute, you know, to, to uh, realize more of their potential. And I guess that's to contribute to a better world, actually, the now I think about it. Um, and it's taken on real significance and meaning through this mm-hmm. show through um, other things that I'm I'm developing and and building now because I'm so concerned about the world and I want to leave make a positive contribution with my life energy now am, am I am I completely barking up the wrong tree with that and is my son or, 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 or have we have we found a possible purpose I don't know I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> <laughs> okay so with, with your son um he will um if, if let me say, if he's encouraged to follow that path he'll develop that path. Yeah. So he'll be in line with his purpose. However, in particular moments, it may alter slightly um, because there's an underlying void that he will want to fulfill. Okay. Yeah. But that, that's how it manifests through, through architecture or that side of things. Um, from your own perspective, it can be distilled even further. So a thing I would say to you is that if you were to, and I'll say this for all listeners, because it's it's so, so simple from me, to find an individual life purpose. It's so, so simple. Um, and so a question that you, I would encourage everybody to reflect on is what's the question that you keep coming back to? And you've had that question for literally as as long as you can remember. And yes, you've got a, 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 an overarching um, question in your mind that says, okay, so how can I help other individuals to reach their full potential? But a purpose is always personal always personal so what i would say to yourself chris and for our listeners if you go back and ask yourself what's that underlying question that you keep coming back to and you would have read many books you would have gone to many training courses and it'll be distilled into even further down in in, in, into that particular question and to find out what is the specific question you're trying to um get an answer to um that's your purpose that, sorry, that, that's your mission of what you're here to do. Mm. And mm. We, we, we we tease it out a little bit more to, to refine it so that people know where they stand from the perspective of then turn it into, from more a personal perspective, into the, the impact that they want to make in the world because now it becomes, it moves from the I to the we. And that's yes. how now we, we, we make a much bigger impact in the world. Yes, that's that's, that's interesting. I, wanted to, I thought that would just, just maybe help people to, to thinking about their own purpose to you know get a yeah. sense um works and uh yeah and, and i've got an underlying question that i that i'm i am uh really contemplating and it's about energy and the flow of energy actually uh um, which i've started speaking about and feel like i've hit on something just feels resonating in many different ways in my work because i realize that's what i'm i'm doing I help yeah people. so when you when you go back and go back to younger in your life so um in around 25 26 for you in particular if you go back to that age bracket and then say okay then try and put 
terminology on the question you were actually asking yourself at that time. The, the, trying to find again, I, I use Quest for a particular reason. Try and find what what was the what was the answer, the deep answer that you were looking for. What was the yeah. solution? What was the what was the question that was in your mind? And now you'll see the connection between and you'll from from that moment on, then you'll be able to see the connection throughout the rest of your whole life. And it's not to say that the question you're asking right now in relation to energy, it will be connected, but we can refine it an awful lot more. And when you have that refined and know specifically now the intention behind that in relation to the difference you want to make for people, it's not that you necessarily have to change your marketing as a business or you or uh, as a career for people and all the kinds of things, not that you necessarily have to change it, but your intention has a huge impact in what it is that you achieve in life. Everything starts with your intention. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So you, you, you've got this thing about planes and you like wing walking, uh, wing walking. I've got, I think I've got a few minutes before uh, we, we come to an end here. Uh, what's, um, you mentioned that's a passion, but it's not related to your, to your purpose. Mm. Um, is is there is there something about there's something about planes for you? I can see you've got you've got Concorde, you've got Concorde, you've got biplanes behind you. But, uh, you've got a little um, little little bear dressed up in a pilot's uh, uniform yeah. uh, behind you. There is something that I, I feel that's more than is 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 flying a metaphor for something. No, it's it's I as a young kid I want to be a pilot. That's but as a young kid, I uh, at the age of 12, 11 or twelve, I got my first pair of glasses, and you couldn't be a commercial pilot if you're wearing correct, corrective lenses. It's it's all changed now, um. But I wanted to be a pilot. But funny enough, throughout my whole life, aviation has featured, um. Nothing whatsoever got to do with my purpose. It's just it's it's something I'm hugely intrigued in. So um, I've worked in in uh, um. One of the first companies that I worked with was a company that overhauls um, aircraft engines. Um, and I've worked with different pilots in aviation um, related industries over my whole career in business. Um, but for me, it's around experiencing all different types of flight, hence the reason the different types of aircraft. So I've flown small aircraft, small helicopters. I've done hot air balloon. I've done gliders. I've done, um, as, as, as you rightly said last year, I did a biplane wing walk. Um, I, for me, my ultimate thing is, is I want to, I want to get into space. And um, that for me will be the ultimate flying experience. And I want to see the, I want to see the curvature of the earth from, from, from space. Good. Well, I've got some, I just, I'm talking, um, been, been emailing and connecting with somebody who's an expert on space within the last, uh, just within, within half an hour before uh, speaking to you. Um, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you we've got four minutes to, um, to close now. Um, how do you just, just quickly, how do you recommend people who've got um, employees or family members who are feeling very low at the moment? How do they access this technology to be able to help people discover purpose and uh, I mean, um, that's what, what do you suggest? I'll answer that in a couple of different ways because people's normal reaction for people when they hear about somebody contemplating or even attempting suicide is to dismiss it. And what I mean by that is they'll, they'll come out with words along the lines of, oh, don't be so stupid. Why on earth would you think along those lines? Um, that is actually probably one of the worst things you could ever, ever do. Um, so what I would say is what when somebody's in that frame of mind, what they want to know and experience is love. 
That's what they want. And so if you can express pure unconditional love and then look at how you can find a solution for what they're currently experiencing. So I mentioned in relation to when depression is triggered, it's a heightened sense of fear, shame and guilt. And if you go back over a lot of people that would have suicided, and again, I'm very careful in the language that I use, I, I never use commit suicide because that's that language is completely gone from how we talk about suicide. And um, the person's either suicided, but it's it's not it's, it's not committed. Um, so if you look at a lot of people that have suicided over the years that will be in the public arena, you can see the fear, shame and guilt having been built up. Um, so when you understand it from that perspective, now what you want to do is help the individual to dissolve the fear, shame and guilt from whatever they perceive is actually going on in their life. Um, and then from there on, it's now putting them on the right track in terms of what is actually going to give them purpose and meaning in their life. Well, we've um, come to the end of the interview now. That was just a, a very, very profound and important conversation. So thank you. I, I mean that. And uh, I had some really good advice there in terms of uh, how to deal with people, unconditional love, don't make them wrong, Find and help them to find a solution uh, forward for what they're experiencing and help them to deal with the fear, shame, guilt that they're experiencing. Um do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? Um, yeah, I suppose if, if, if people are going to be sharing this message or sh sharing this particular episode to people that may be fundable, maybe, you know, saying, okay, look, how do I find purpose or meaning? Um, there is, let me put it away, life is short as it is. Um, I've lost both parents and two siblings in the last 10 years. I'm about to lose another sibling in the next um, number of months. Um, there is so much amazing things to be got from life. So why not try and figure out um, what is actually going to give you purpose and meaning in your life? And uh, as, as somebody I came across, I actually referred to her in my first book, Evolve, um, basically to suck every single ounce out of life as you possibly can. Well, on that, on that note, I uh, suck every single um opportunity of life that you can um a, a great way to end the show thank you so much paul um to find out more visit paulwilliamdavis.com that's paulwilliamdavis.com uh do check out his genius code he's got three uh very successful books i can understand why now having spoken to him got any questions or comments you can send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk i'm sure you can check in with paul on places like linkedin as well um but but thank you and i do hope that you can you know, reflect upon this, and, and because I think it's a, there's a skill set in here that we all need. We all need to be able to help people when they're when they're low, uh, and we should never make them wrong. Um, so, thank you so much for that. So, on next week's show, we have Shay Holsher. Holsher. Um, I'm not sure I've said that correctly. I'm actually meeting her in a very shortly to uh, uh, to discuss the show. Um, but she's a, a CEO of a uh, of a um, hairdressing products um, organization. Um, she's uh, had some amazing roles. She's also a, a Porsche driver, um, a racing driver. So it's going to be really a fascinating uh, conversation next week. And I've heard she's the most amazing uh, coach and mentor. So we'll be talking with Shay next week. Uh, do uh, do join us next week. And once again, a huge thank you to Paul William Davis and everybody. Take care and uh, suck every bit of value out of life that you can moving forward. Um, do take care. All the best. 
We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 